Well, a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome to Friday Live on this December 6th, the Feast of St. Nicholas. I'm Jim, and I'm Jim. Unfortunately, Cheryl couldn't be here today. Uh, not feeling well. She has that horrible thing that's going around, the congestion, the cough. Um, uh, called me a little earlier this uh, today and said that it just isn't going to happen. And so stay home, rest in bed. She hasn't uh, you know, been on the phone with her doctor. So today, it's just me for two hours. <laughs> this could be your penance. This could, you know, you could offer this up. You know, Advent is, as you heard the bishop say, Advent is a penitential season. So this would be, you know, maybe a good way for you to do some penance doing two hours. Normally, I'm only with you for an hour, but two hours of gym uh, in one shot. For many of you, I'm sure it's going to be a great penance. <laughs> but we do have a lovely program lined up for you today. <clears throat> a little later on this hour... I'm going to be joined by Sandy Greeley, and Sandy has written a beautiful book, and it's it's really a coffee table book, and, and a book you should have in your home. It's called Cooking with the Saints, and uh, recipes for days throughout the year, uh, feast days and things along uh, the way through our liturgical calendar. So Sandy will be joining me. Um, Jim's here with the weather later on this hour. Also, we're going to play Saint of the Day. I'm, I'm kind of doing everything today, so I'm, I have, <laughs> if, if I... Uh, Get a little confused at times. Just bear with me. But uh, we are going to play Saint of the Day. Uh, next hour, Father Jim uh, Grogan is here with his Gospel Reflection for the second Sunday in Advent. Also, uh, I'll be joined by Sheila McGurl. And uh, she's going to tell us about an event happening over at the uh, Shrine of the Miraculous Medal next week. Uh, a concert by the three uh, the New York Tenors uh, Christmas celebration. So, And that's to help support the Shrine over there. So uh, Sheila will be joining me next hour. Um, okay, so uh, let's first pray. Oh, by the way, I I, I did I, I I searched high and low for a guest co-host. In fact, when George was uh, George Rose was here a little earlier recording his program that you'll hear at six o'clock, I said George Cheryl's not well today, so she can't make it in. Can you uh, co-host with me? And he unfortunately had another uh, uh, commitment this evening, so he couldn't do it. Um, I told Father Jim Grogan, I said, you know, I wish you were closer because uh, you know you could pinch it here. So anyway, what I thought I would do to um, help me along the way here, because um, she can also uh, spin some discs for us, as we say, I've invited our friend Alexa to uh, join me as my guest co-host. Alexa, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I listen once I hear the wake word. There you go. So Alexa will be playing some songs for us along the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, Technology. Uh, let's pray, though, first, in all seriousness, my friend. You know, it's a beautiful time of year on this great feast of St. Nicholas, and, and I do uh, hope and pray that you had an opportunity to uh, experience some of the uh, the uh, anticipation. You heard Bishop even talk about it earlier on the program, if you were listening, uh, about uh, putting your shoes out, uh, out of your bedroom door uh, last night, and maybe St. Nicholas would come by and put a little treat in it, and... Um, Lovely little tradition, so we celebrate the good saint today in a special way um, as we celebrate his feast day. I um, Let's see, what am I doing here? I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm multitasking is what I'm doing. I'm trying to get, <laughs> trying to get things together here, get our prayers up. Um, it's been a long day for me. You know, we've had a lot going on here. Uh, first Fridays are always kind of busy, so uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. So... <laughs> I was trying to get our video stream onto our homepage, but I'll have to 
wait till I put a song on to figure that out. Let's pray. Let's gather from wherever you're listening or watching, my friends. Of course, we are coming to you live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. Also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. You can watch the program, and uh, I will shortly uh, get the uh, live stream up on our homepage uh, eventually. I'm not doing it at the moment, but we will get it up there. But let's gather now and uh, bring all of our special Advent intentions together with brothers and sisters who are tuned in from really, literally, uh, can be any place in the world listening or watching. Um, And we're going to pray with you and for you. And I've been praying this beautiful Advent prayer as now we uh, come to the conclusion of our first week of Advent, entering into the second week on Sunday. Um, So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both the light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. Who We who are uh, anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in the darkness, yet seeking the light. To you we say, come, Lord Jesus. And now we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, and also the beautiful prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Uh, Holy Father asked us over a year ago to pray these prayers every single day with the specific intention of asking for protection of the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers. O glorious and blessed Virgin, amen. And our prayer for the beatification of uh, Mother Maria Kalpas, and also for the prayer for a miraculous healing of our friend Maria through the intercession of Mother Maria Kalpas and through the intercession of, of all of you and your prayers, my friends. You know, we... We count on you uh, on a regular basis, and especially with this special intention, to pray for uh, these intentions that we have uh, for uh, miraculous healing for Maria. And so we pray, gracious God, we praise and thank you for your—I'm sorry, let's start with the beatification prayer. O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who is imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth— May through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and St. Casimir be glorified by visible signs and miracles, so that for your glory and the salvation of souls, she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. And now we'll pray for the prayer for the healing of our friend Maria. And we pray, gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a complete and total and miraculous healing of our friend Maria. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. And we ask this through Jesus our Lord 
and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a very special way, Saint Nicholas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, friends, thank you as always for praying. And uh, again, I'm so overwhelmed by the um, res- uh, generous response we're getting to our newsletter that went out, our Grazia end of year newsletter that went out uh, uh, last week. Again, today, went to the post office, grabbed a stack of envelopes out of the mailbox. What really impresses me, my brothers and sisters, is your outpouring of requests for prayer. And I can assure you that. Uh, you are being prayed for. I, I bring the prayer request into our chapel, and not just me, but others are praying for you as well. And I sit down in that chapel before the tabernacle with the Lord, and I go through each prayer request, and I include those intentions then in my either morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, uh, as I sit in there with, with the Blessed Sacrament. So please keep them coming. If, As I said uh, and been saying and say it every year, if nothing else, when you receive our Grazia newsletter, um. If nothing else, do send back that envelope with your prayer intentions, because I do want to pray for you. We want to pray for you here. And again, if you can put a little something in there, thank you so much. We, we so much appreciate that. If you're just joining me and you see an empty chair over there, <laughs> over there where she normally sits, uh, Cheryl not feeling well today. She has that horrible uh, congestion that's uh, been going around, the cough and, and the uh, lost her voice. And um, so... Anyway, she sends her her most sincere regards and wishes she could be here, but uh, just could. And I don't. I told her to stay home. Don't 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 even try. Just stay home and stay in bed. And uh, she, I saw her doctor, so I guess there's some medication she being put on. So keep her in prayer if you would. Uh, but that's why it's just me flying solo today. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, I'm going to be joined by Sandy Greeley, who has written a beautiful book. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or our homepage. You can see it's a beautiful hardcover book uh, called Cooking with the Saints. And uh, as I go through that, it, it's, it's, it, you sh- it looks like something you would have on your kitchen shelf there uh, ready to cook uh, because there are um, beautiful recipes and also stories uh, of the saints, histories of the saints in the book and recipes to go along with feast days. So um, Sandy will be joining me in just a little bit to talk about that book. Uh, we are going to play Saint of the Day. Today, and of course, today is the Feast of St. Nicholas, but he's not our game show saint of the day. We have a different saint for that. Uh, next hour, Father Jim Grogan will give a gospel reflection for the second Sunday in Advent. And also, Sheila McGurl will join me next hour to talk about an event coming up at the Miraculous Metal Shrine over in Philadelphia next week to help support the shrine. Uh, the New York Tenors are coming to town uh, to do a Christmas concert. So, um, that's a, a great uh, cause, obviously, but also you know, this time of year, we look for um, opportunities to get into the spirit of things, right, and, and uh, the true spirit. And so I'm sure the New York tenors will be singing some beautiful Christmas carols and hymns. You know, I, I did get, uh, we are playing music in the morning now, uh, Christmas music at 6 o'clock. We're going to start increasing that a little bit starting tomorrow. Um, I did get a question about why we're not playing Advent music, <laughs> Uh, uh, you hear in our Christmas music sets that O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is in there. 
Um, but there's not a lot of ad-lib music you, you can play, and we're trying to get, you know, uh, half-hour, hour-long sets. And that uh, rule, you know, uh, playing not playing Christmas carols before uh, Christmas Day or the Christmas, starting with the Christmas vigil, um, is a liturgical uh, uh, rule. You're not supposed to play Christmas. And I guess Cheryl gets just the opposite. You know, in Christmas, during, during December at Mass, why aren't you playing more Christmas carols? Well, you don't play Christmas carols until it's Christmas at liturgy. But as you heard Bishop even say earlier uh, on the program, you know, it, it, Jesus has been born. He came. You know, he was here. He is here. He was born to us 2,000 years ago and, and remains with us. Uh, so we are celebrating, but liturgically we don't, you know, we don't confuse the uh, situation there by playing Christmas carols during Advent. But on a radio station, <clears throat> we certainly want to add to your uh, your festivities. And as I say, and as you know, if you listen, we're only playing those Christmas carols and hymns that sing of the true meaning of Christmas. We're not going to sing about winter wonderlands and uh, snowmen and reindeer. So. Uh, for those of you who who you know have a concern about that, really, we it's okay for us to play Christmas music in Advent on a radio station. This is not liturgy. During liturgy, different story. But this is this is a way for us to, and we always get wonderful response to that. So we're happy that uh, you are listening, and uh, thank you for your understanding. Because you know, there's not really isn't a lot of a lot of uh, Advent music out there. You know, there uh, there's um, O Come O Come Emmanuel and a few other things. But I will tell you, I don't know if I have it here or not. I could I could cue it up now that I'm thinking of it. Let me see. Um, a few, well, probably about 25 years ago. Um, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, <clears throat> actually, I wrote a song, kind of a, an Advent song. Let me see if I can get it here. No, I want to queue it up later on. I'm trying to do all these all these things here that I'm trying to get done at the same time, and it's a little tough. I think I can queue that up. Let's see if it comes up. Um, but I did write this song, and Cheryl and I recorded it about uh, 20 years ago, and uh, kind of looked at it as 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 an Advent song. So let me play that for you. My pleasure to play it for you, and I'll get uh, Sandy Greeley on the phone, and we'll talk about her book called Cooking with the Saints. But here's the here's the song that I wrote, and Cheryl and I recorded. Called Come Little Jesus. Come little Jesus, come holy child. I have been waiting with arms open wide to hold you close to me. Come, holy child. Come, little Jesus, come, saving Lord, sent by the Father as his living word. Teach me to follow you. Come, saving Lord. I long to hear the sound of your heavenly cry, piercing the stillness of the night. My soul will rejoice at your inner 
innocent mind. Come, little Jesus, come be my light. Come, little Jesus, Redeemer King, grant me the joy of salvation you bring. Come to me, Prince of Peace, Redeemer King. Come, little Jesus, come, child of grace, God's only Son living in His embrace. Good Shepherd, lead me there, come child of grace. I long to hear the sound of your heavenly cry, piercing the stillness of the night. My soul will rejoice at your innocent mind. Come be my light, come little Jesus, come be my light. Alrighty, that was Come Little Jesus, and that's a song that Sean and I uh, recorded about, ooh, about 20 years ago, so uh, we'll... Uh, We'll talk more about that, but I, I do want to uh, welcome to the program now. We've been waiting to speak with her because it's a wonderful book, um, Sandy Greeley, who's written a book called Cooking with the Saints. And of course, today is a feast day, a great feast day, the Feast of St. Nicholas. And I was looking in, in, in the cookbook here to say, and there is a wonderful recipe for uh, St. Nicholas cookies, but we'll talk about all the great recipes and about the book itself. Sandy, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Well, I'll tell you what. This book, as I said, it's it's, it's something you want to see in every kitchen, <laughs> in, in every <laughs> Catholic so. kitchen. Well, it should be because there's wonderful recipes. What was the inspiration behind this for you, Sandy? I when I I am a convert, and my first year at St. Veronica, where Father Hathaway was pastor at the time, I I've been involved in the food world, so I went up to him after a parish meeting in 2010, and I said, "What about having a cooking class?" Um, we could tie it to the saints, because I was a convert and didn't know much about the saints, but it was a, a good way to learn, and he thought it was a great idea. So we started with the class in September 2010, and because I live in D.C., there are um, you know, all sorts of embassies and, and uh, consulates around, so people from all over the world are here, many Catholics. So it was easy to find a speaker to come in and to introduce his or her cuisine, mm. and that that was how it all began. That's one. Now, do you yourself have a culinary background too, or just something that yes. you you do? I've written I've written thirty five cookbooks. Oh, okay. Oh my. Okay. Well, so this and I've is. Trained in, I've trained in professional kitchens, and I've been a restaurant reviewer here in the D.C. area for fifteen years. I write about food and chefs all the time, so food is really my passion, and it was a wonderful way to to learn about Catholicism. I said I was a convert. And I really didn't know much of anything. 
boy, was it a learning experience, I must say. Oh, I'm sure. And it's, it is a, it's, it's a beautiful book. I mean, it, it really is a, a beautiful book. By the way, friends, it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. Um, and it goes through the year. And uh, as we go through each month, uh, the various feast days that are included there. And and not just um, uh, like dinner meals, but there's also desserts and other things. So uh, what were you learning as you were going through putting the book together you, you, as, a, as a convert, um, finding out? Because there's also information about the saints on those particular feast days as well that you, you cite. Well, what I found out, which I really honestly did not understand, was the universality of, of Catholicism. And to find all the recipes from all over the world taught me a lesson about how, really how universal Catholicism is. And even the, even in Cambodia, I I found a Catholic from Siem Reap in Cambodia who contributed a, a recipe, who, who did part of a cooking class. Wow. So it was it was amazing to me. I just I had absolutely no idea. So it was quite quite instructional. Now the recipes themselves, as I said, there is just wide and varied. You mentioned it's inter- international. Uh, are there any in particular that you you uh, that really intrigued you? Or you just mentioned one of them that uh, you found to be most uh, appetizing as well. Personal um, favorites? Well, I'm, I'm an Opus Dei member, so doing Father Jose Maria Escriva's recipes were very good. And then, of course, I love Mexican food because I'm from California, so our, our Lady of Guadalupe, those recipes are you know Mexican, which is part of what I grew up eating. So those are some of my favorites. But all the, the recipes were all tested by parishioners, and they are just, you know, they really, they work, they're great, they're wonderful, and they're authentic. It's not just something we sat down and made up, but they're all from all over the world, by people from all over the world. So they're really authentic. And you try to to make them, uh, give them the the ethnic uh, background. Like I'm looking at October 5th, the Feast of St. Maria Kowalska, uh, St. Faustina, and there's, um, pardon my Polish, but Kremkawa Papieska, which is a papal cream cake. I think that was one of John Paul's favorites, right? Yes, it was. Um, It really was. There, we the our uh, deacon is uh, in in the uh, parish is Polish. Although he gave me another recipe, but he talked to me about that cake and said I really should get a recipe for that. And I was very fortunate to the people who are part of the John Paul II Society are Polish, and they gave me a lot of recipes as well. I'm not sure. I don't remember if that's the one they gave me, but it was it's it was just I just had no idea. I had no idea how universal Catholicism is. Mm-hmm. Just Amazing. Was there anything about any any particular saint that you were learning about as you were putting this together that that uh, kind of touched your heart in a special way or made you have a special devotion to that that saint? Uh, saint Kateri. Mm-hmm. Father Sands. He gave, he gave a class too. When he gave the class, he came in dressed in his Native American. He's uh, he's head of a Amer- Native American group here in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing, and I really. I loved his food. I loved it, how we uh, prepared it, how we ate it. Um, I I think there so many of them ap- appealed to me. I guess back to the Mexican restaurants mm-hmm. because that's recipes because that's what I'm I'm so used to. Well, we're coming so, up on the feast of Saint Juan Diego on on uh, Monday, so uh, there's some Mexican there. Is there? Do you have a re- oh Saint Nicholas cookies? I'm looking at. I'm going to stop and get these. Uh, see if I can get the ingredients on the way home. And make 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 these cookies <laughs> with my grandchildren. Oh, it looks That's delicious. Great. Saint Nicholas cookies. What a great way to celebrate. Yes, one of the parishioners did the whole cookie chapter. She is remaining anonymous, so I won't give her name. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, 
must have made 40,000 cookies. And that's an exaggeration. I don't know how many she made. Mm-hmm. But she had grandkids who got the uh, leftover cookies. It was really so. She really did a lot of research to find everything, and it was they're really authentic. Mm-hmm. True, true, true cookies. We're talking with Sandy Greeley, and she's written a book along with Fernando Flores, uh, Cooking with the Saints, published by Sophia Institute Press, and it's sophiainstitute.com is their website. Uh, what what was your 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 faith background before you converted to Catholicism? Um, it seems rather odd. I was I was a Baha'i. I was raised as an Episcopalian, but I became a Baha'i, and then I started going to RCA classes and met Father Hathaway, who was the then pastor. He said, "What on earth is Baha'i? It's it's a it's a kind of religion, but it's affiliated in some strange way with Islam, mm. which of course it, they don't go around murdering people. But it was uh, it was a great treat to become Catholic because it it really changed my life mm-hmm. in, in a very profound way. Was there an individual in particular who led you uh, to the church as you were going through? You said you went into RCIA, but what from from being yes, a... I, my former physical therapist, who is my who brought me into the church. She doesn't live here, but she right now. But I was in a, uh, having a, a therapy session, and she said she was on going to the Holy Land. It was a Catholic trip. And this was before I had any idea of what it was all about. And I said, "Well, please tell me about Catholicism." And her next words were, "This is the one true faith God gave mankind." And it was like I was hit with a bolt of lightning. Mm-hmm. The very next day, I entered two RCA classes. Wow came involved with the Institute of Catholic Culture, which is, although it's now nationwide, but the headquarters are here in D.C., mm. Virginia. And so I'm very involved with Catholicism. Wonderful. And as someone, as you say, you've written over 30-some other cookbooks. Um, what is it about the, 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 the church that, I know for me, you know, we talk about the feast days and the celebrations, and, and food is a big part of that. Uh and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's not being gluttonous in any way. It's just it's celebrating. I mean, uh, so this is something as you were entering into the church, did you have any kind of preconceived ideas about that type of thing? You know, why are the Catholics having so all these celebrations, food and drink, and and is is it sinful? Is no, it harmful? I honestly didn't know. Honestly, didn't know enough about Catholicism to even question it. Really, but when I entered, uh, when I became Catholic, and I. My father had to let me do all my food things. We had, uh, you know, a farm dinner every year. We have we had a farmer's market on the grounds of the church. We have a, a garden, organic garden, to feed the hungry. So there, so I always made the connection with food and faith because without food, we, God would not have us be alive. Mm-hmm. It's this very strong connection in my mind, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I know as I again, the book, friends, is is called Cooking with the Saints, and uh, not just a cookbook. There's I see even you have a prayer to St. Joseph. I mean, you have all, it's, it's a wonderful uh, uh, collection of not just recipes, but but kind of tying it all in together with our faith, with the feast days, with the saints themselves, uh, their stories and, and prayer. Uh, and I, 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 again, friends, it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. Have you gotten good response to the book, uh, Sandy? Yes, we have. Um, we even did, we've done book signings, um, in several different places, but we did one at the Basilica here too, uh, in D.C. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, with sure, it. yeah, yeah, right next to Catholic University. Yeah, so it's it had a lot of you know a lot of publicity, a lot of out there. It's, it's a it's just been a wonderful experience. I, I I never anticipated this kind of response, but it, people have been really 
crazy about the book. <laughs> Any kind of sequel uh, coming up? Yeah, you, and, uh, you, with no. the re- <laughs> I, I have spoken to my my uh, marketing person at Sophia, and what I would like to do, I write for the National Catholic Register too, and I profile people involved in the food world, chefs and priests and farmers, and they said they would like to have a book, um, mm. assuming that people will allow me to write a, a prolonged profiles of them and get more recipes. But that's, I would love to do that. It's a way to let people know that food and faith are really connected. Beautiful. And I think it would make it an outstanding Christmas gift, friends. It's called Cooking with the Saints, and it's published by Sophia Institute Press. Their website is sophiainstitute.com, authored by Sandy Greeley, uh, who's been our guest. And Sandy, I want to thank you for joining me and for writing the book. It's great work, and uh, keep it coming. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I hope you go out and buy 16 copies of it. It's, it's great. There you go. That's right. Very good. We'll make sure we do. We'll get them out there. Thank okay. you. Thank you Have a great much. day. A Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. You too. Merry Christmas. Thank you. All right, friends, you stay where you are. We're going to come back with more, and uh, Jim will be here with the weather, so don't go away. Be right back.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Alrighty, that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist, Mr. Jim Hoffman. Hello, James. How are you? Very good. Hey, was that was that Frank Sinatra singing? It was Frank Sinatra singing. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, see, uh, if, if Cheryl couldn't make it today because she's not feeling well. She has that horrible cough and cold and congestion. And she lost her voice, so I'm here doing a solo gig by myself. So I get to choose all the music today. <laughs> ah, there you go. Not only that do I get, but I, have, I, I did get a, a, a co-host. You want to see who my co-host is? Who is your co-host? Alexa, say hello. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not, she's right, she's well, no Cheryl, but, you know, <laughs> she'll have to do for now. I wonder if you can get a, um, you know, th- that'll be a nice upgrade if you can get like a voice of a loved one to be elect the Alexa voice. That well, there, would be cool. <laughs> there you, well, you know what? I bet it's po- I bet it's possible. I'll tell you why, because, um, uh, well, this is a number of years ago too, because my daughter was still living at home and she was in high school. The GPS that the Garmin GPS that Cheryl had in her car, you were able to do that. You were able to download, go to a website and it gave you all the phrases and you would speak them with your own voice and then upload it to the uh, GPS. And so we, we tricked Cheryl one time. My daughter did all the, all the voices and she was driving and all of a sudden she hears Angela's voice doing the commands on the GPS. So you probably, oh, wow. you, 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 <laughs> you probably can do that. That would, that's a good idea. You should, you should like, uh, what do they say? Uh, you know, mark, market that and, uh, get it copyrighted or something. You could, you could invent it, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't need one. So my wife always tells me that I'm going in the wrong direction, and I, I don't need a speedometer because she always tells me that I'm going I over the speed limit. I yeah. see. Well, I know one one time a couple of months ago, a, a very kind officer of the law showed, to, uh, showed Cheryl how not to text while she was driving. <laughs> So, oh, that's helpful too. Oh, but uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he actually he took her phone and he he, he whatever they do to the phone that they, it won't take it won't take texts or phone calls while you're driving. There's some kind of uh, you know on the, on the uh, phone itself. So he did it for her, helped her out. <laughs> nice, um, nice, nice guy. <laughs> so here we are, December Saint Feast of Saint Nicholas. What's happening? Hey, hey how about that um, non? snowstorm that we didn't have earlier in the week (laughs) (laughs) you know what i gotta tell you i was driving into the station and i drive by a school and i see no no cars and i I said there can't be a snow day today there wasn't a flake on the ground and they actually had canceled all the all the all the schools were closed i couldn't i couldn't believe it yeah the the national weather service had put out a winter storm warning for the trenton area we're expecting anywhere from four to six inches and it just didn't happen. Um, you know, the, most of the snow fell fell north, like uh, up in northwest New Jersey. And as you got into New York State, you know, they got quite a bit of snow. Um, even even up uh, Middletown, New Jersey, got some snow. But uh, around here, we were we were in the um, uh, it was a it was a bust, as they call it. We were we we're in the the snow hole. You didn't get any. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And I was watching. I went home and I was watching the the news, the five o'clock news, the weather, and uh, 
they were showing the salt trucks and they were showing, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm saying, do they see that there's no snow on the ground though? I mean, are, they really, are they aware <laughs> there's nothing out there? They were acting as if the plows were out there and they're going to be salting and there's nothing on the ground and nothing coming yeah. down either. So anyway, so whether people can be wrong. And the, all of them still have their jobs. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The day, the next day, they still had their jobs. They still had their jobs after all that. But we can always count on yeah. you to give us the correct forecast. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll do my best. Okay. So um, let's go to the current temperatures out there. Ewing, 46. Freehold, 40. Hamilton, 54. Hamilton, 46. Cape May, 53, so we're in the upper 40s, low 50s right now, which isn't bad. I went for a walk today, and um, it was quite pleasant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too bad out there. So uh, tonight, we can expect gradual clearing. We did have a cloudy day, and it was a little warmer today. Gradual clearing tonight, and the low is going to dip down to 29 degrees, just under 30 tomorrow. Sunny, high near 40, Saturday night, mostly clear and cold, low 23 Sunday, mostly sunny, high 45. Sunday night, we're going to have some rain that's going to start, uh, mostly cloudy with a low around 35. And then that rain continues into Monday with a high near 57. And looking into the rest of next week, that rain continues right into Tuesday night. Uh, So we're going to have a period of uh, rainy weather uh, from Sunday night into Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, uh, we clear up partly sunny, high near 40. And then it's going to cool down for the rest of the week with lows in the uh, mid, the actually the um, mid twenties to mid thirties and highs in the forties. Hmm. So um, yeah, some rain, not not that bad of weekend, and then some rain Monday through Tuesday, and then this week looks not too bad. There you go. All right, well, not bad for early December, so that's great. Well, Jim, you uh, always do such great work for us. We thank you for that and hope you and Jackie and the family have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. You too, and I, and I hope your loved one, your your bride, gets uh, better. I will pass the word along, and I'll take care of her. And certainly Alexa cannot uh, replace her. That's no, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> Alexa, can't do, you know, Alexa, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I listen once I hear the wake word. That's all. That all she. Although I can ask her to play songs, and it'll play songs for me. That's she's kind of queuing up my discs today, as they say. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> all right, Jim. Thanks a lot. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Bye bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic living in sanctity but just what when on earth they were just like you and me and now they're the saint of the day saint of the day alright that means it's time to play saint of the day Alexa have you ever played saint of the day she's not answering <laughs> I guess not must not be catholic Alexa, have you played Saint of the Day? You have Saint of the Day enabled. Do you want to open it? Oh, I'm going to play the game now. Yeah, just hang on there. Don't rush me. (laughs) You have Saint of the Day enabled. I heard you. Do you want to open it? Not right now. Thank you. No. You have Saint of the Day enabled. Okay, that's enough of you. Goodbye. (laughs) 
All right, I'm just losing it. But let's we're gonna play. We are gonna play Saint of the Day now. Now what this is is not gonna be the saint, the liturgical saint of the day. So it's not Saint Nicholas. Uh, it's a saint that uh, we've chosen to be our particular saint of the day today. Uh, I will read you clues, and let me get to my little paper here. See, normally, see, normally Cheryl does this, and Alexa can't do it. So there's. So I'll read you the clues and um, listen carefully. And when I say this is the last clue. Then, if you know who the saint is, you can call us at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. That's the number to call when you think you know who today's saint of the day is. 609-493-8255. But don't call until I say this is the last clue. So now, let's go ahead and play Saint of the Day. This saint was born in 1474 with the name that translated the Talking Eagle. Little is known about his life before his conversion. When he was 50 years old, he was baptized by a Franciscan priest, Father Peter de Gond, one of the first Franciscan missionaries. In 1531, he was on his way to morning mass. The Blessed Mother appeared to him. She asked him to go to the bishop and to request in her name that a shrine be built where she promised to pour out her grace upon those who invoked her. The bishop, who did not believe him, asked for a sign to prove that the apparition was true. The Blessed Mother told him to climb the hill and to pick the flowers that he would find in bloom. He obeyed, and although it was wintertime, he found roses blooming. He gathered the flowers and took them to Our Lady, who carefully placed them in his mantle and told him to take them to the bishop as proof. When he opened his mantle, the flowers fell on the ground and there remained impressed in place of the flowers an image of the Blessed Mother. With the bishop's permission, he lived the rest of his life as a hermit in a small hut near the chapel where the miraculous image was placed for veneration. Here he cared for the church and for the first pilgrims who came to pray to the mother of Jesus. Much deeper than the exterior grace of having been chosen as Our Lady's messenger, this saint received the grace of interior enlightenment and from that moment he began a life dedicated to prayer and the practice of virtue and boundless love of God and neighbor. He died in 1548 and was buried in the first chapel dedicated to the Virgin of Guadalupe. This is the last clue, 609-493-8255. He was canonized by St. Pope John Paul II in the Basilica of Santa Maria de Guadalupe in Mexico City on July 31st, 2002. Who is today's saint of the day? Give me a call, 609-493-8255. Five, five. All right, and I believe we already have a caller. Hi, what is your name and where are you calling from? I'm called John Dinkowitz, and I'm calling from Marlboro, New Jersey. All right, John, calling from Marlboro, and uh, who do you think today's saint of the day is? St. Juan Diego. There you go. Very good. St. Juan Diego is correct, John. Excellent. Excellent. Of course, we celebrate his feast day on Monday. The night, well, actually, Monday is the ninth, right. and we're also the uh, we're celebrating the feast of the Immaculate Conception that day too. Uh, John, what's your parish over there in Freehold? 
Saint Gabriel's. It's in Marlboro. Oh, in Marlboro. Okay, very good. Very good. Well, you you are correct today. Saint of the day, Saint Juan Diego is correct. I'm going to put you on hold for a moment, John, and then take some information from you, okay? So don't hang up. Certainly. Thank okay, you. Okay, stay right there. And friends, you stay where you are. I'll be back in just a bit with more Friday Live. Hi, John. How are you? Congratulations on... uh, How do you spell your last name? Okay, you're on our mailing list, John, right? I I have your information then. Okay, so great. So I'll send you a a prize for winning today. So thank you for playing. I appreciate it. Sure. Sure. Oh, on Facebook that day, yes. No, it was just that day with Facebook. All right, John. Oh, okay, John. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening and all your support. We appreciate it. God. I will pass the word along. Thank you, John. God bless you, and have a, a blessed Advent and a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Bye-bye.
All right, congratulations to John from uh, the Freehold area over and goes to St. Gabriel's in Marlboro, who is our winner today, Saint of the Day. St. Juan Diego is the correct answer. And, uh, of course, we will celebrate his feast day on the 9th of December, which is Monday. But this year, you know, because, as you heard, Bishop, if you're listening to Bishop's program on uh, at 3 o'clock, uh, the 8th is Sunday, the, which is normally the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. But uh, Sunday liturgies always override anything. So they moved the Feast of the Immaculate Conception to Monday, the 9th. And this year, it's not a holy day because it's on the Monday. Uh, but St. Juan Diego was also the 9th. So how are we doing that? But you can celebrate it. We can celebrate it. Why not? It's also the day, December 9th is the day that uh, Archbishop Sheen passed away 40 years ago on December 9th uh, in 1979. Bishop Sheen said he always wanted to... Uh, pass away on a feast day of Our Lady. And uh, I remember Father Andrew Apostoli, God rest his soul, would tell me stories about Bishop Sheen uh, saying that they, they found his body. He was apparently on his way from his uh, little uh, room there. And in his, in his apartment, he had a little, uh, little chapel with the Blessed Sacrament because it made his daily holy hour. And he was on his way to the Blessed Sacrament. They found his body in in the hallway, I guess, going toward facing you know on the floor, obviously, but going, as if he was headed for toward the uh, adoration chapel. And um, they presumed because they couldn't you know didn't have an exact nobody no one witnessed the death, but they felt that he he did pass away around one o'clock in the morning on the ninth. So he just missed it. <laughs> he was uh, having his. Uh, and we have to pray for for that too because that whole situation. If you heard Bishop talking about. Um, the uh, postponement of the beatification, which was supposed to be December 21st for Bishop Sheen. But uh, there's been a postponement that's been requested by uh, the Diocese of Rochester. Um, and Bishop Sheen was never, ever accused of anything. Uh, but he was bishop in Rochester at a time now that they're opening up records because of the, I guess, the... the um, um, Elimination of statute of limitations, and, and and he was bishop during time of some of these accusations, but not against him. And but I thought, as I understood it, that was all investigated, and, and he was cleared of everything. So anyway, we've got to pray for that situation. Um, he, as you know, is our special patron here at Domestic Church Media, has been from the very very beginning. So uh, we'll keep praying. Also today, as you know, my friends, is the feast of Saint Nicholas, and. Uh, I'm going to go right to the Domestic Church Media app, <laughs> which you can download for free. And we have uh, on included on the app, we have everything on there, the Catechism, the Bible, daily Mass readings, Liturgy of the Hours, it's all on there. But we also have Saint of the Day. And so here's a little something about St. Nicholas, uh, St. Nicholas of Myra. Um, traditionally, they say, lived uh, was born on the 15th of March, 270, died December 6th. In the year 343, also known as Nicholas of Bari, was an early Christian bishop, a Catholic bishop um, uh, in the ancient Greek maritime city of Myra in Asia Minor um, during the time of the Roman Empire because of the many miracles attributed to his intercession. He's also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. He is the patron saint of sailors, of merchants, archers, repentant thieves, prostitutes, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, and students in various cities and countries around Europe. His reputation evolved uh, among the faithful 
as was common for the early saints and his legendary habit of secret gift-giving gave rise to the traditional model of Santa Claus. Uh, and, um, you know, St. Nicholas as a bishop, um, I believe, is buried. He actually is buried in the Basilica of uh, San Nicola in uh, in Bari, Italy, which is on the Adriatic side, um, I guess a couple hundred miles south of San Giovanni Rotondo uh, uh, in uh, in Italy on the Adriatic, uh, the eastern part of the country. So you can go to the uh, Basilica uh, of uh, St. Nicholas where his body is is buried. Um, but again, a very, very special um, day, especially for children, you know, today. Um, we need to make sure our children have good saintly role models, you know, and, and the beautiful image of St. Nicholas that has evolved into um, who we know to be Santa Claus. Um, but we always want to keep that that Christian element in, even in that. And there's always that beautiful image that um, someone one time came up with that now is, is all over the place in, in statues and pictures and things, cards of Santa Claus holding the baby Jesus at the manger. That's what it's all about, you know. That's that's why we have the season. And uh, we know that this time of year, especially, children get very excited about the the upcoming. Uh, now, our little granddaughter, Charlotte, is, is just turned three, and she just, just about, she told me about a, two or three months ago that she didn't like Santa Claus. <laughs> Last year, she was afraid of him. And I was saying to her the other night, we were with her, and I said, uh, you know, we'll put up our Christmas tree and, you know, Santa Claus will come at night. And, and is he coming now? I said, no, not now. <laughs> He's coming later. Um, but there is that wonderful, I always, I always like to think of that, that, that great anticipation we feel as children looking forward and, and so, so much looking forward to Christmas that if we can transition that same desire into our adulthood to have for Jesus and the faith, that wouldn't that be a beautiful thing, you know, that we would be able to... Um, take that same excitement that we felt as children about Christmas as we get closer to Christmas um, and, and uh, transition that into into our adulthood. Okay, let me take a break. Uh, in case you just joined me, uh, Cheryl's not here today. She has that horrible uh, congestion, cough, lost her voice, all that that, that goes along with it. So she's uh, home resting. But I'll be with you for another hour. Coming up next hour, Father Jim Grogan's going to join us, and he's going to give a gospel reflection on the Sunday gospel for the second Sunday in Advent. Also, uh, Sheila McEarl is going to join us, and she's going to talk about an event taking place at the Shrine of the Miraculous Medal over in Philadelphia next week. Uh, the New York Tenors are in town to give a Christmas concert. So stay where you are. More to come on Friday Live. Hi, this is Lindy, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on Black Friday. 
Today begins the official Christmas shopping season, and many people believe that Black Friday is the busiest shopping day of the year. Well, it's one of the busiest days of the year, but not the busiest, believe it or not. In fact, the days prior to the actual day of Christmas rank up there and sometimes exceed the revenues of Black Friday. And it's called Black Friday because it helps retailers get their financial statements back into the black after many months in the red. But we need to remember the true reason for the season. Happy birthday to the Son of God, Jesus. For more information about the New Jersey Family Policy Council, please call 1-800-FAMILY-1 or look up our website at www.njfpc.org. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Turn over the pages of sacred scripture. What do you find? You find a record of men to whom God has spoken. And you'll also find a record of men who listened to him. In other words, scripture is fulfilled in concrete living dialogues. Now, men do not always want that dialogue with God. At one time, they desire it. At another time, they fear it. Adam was afraid when God called him in the garden. Cain was afraid when God spoke to him. Moses was afraid before the burning bush. When you and I have a dialogue with God, what makes it up? One thing that makes it up is, first of all, a consciousness of our own sin. And the other is the voice of God urging us to confess it, to seek his mercy. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Thank you. 
A lot of people think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul's street evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour of Friday Live on this uh, Feast of St. Nicholas, December 6th. I'm Jim, and I'm Jim. Cheryl couldn't be here today. We're praying for her. She came down with that awful cough and congestion, lost her voice. Uh, so anyway, she obviously is not going to be here with me today. I'm, I'm doing a solo gig, as they say here in the business, and uh, thanking you for your understanding. <laughs> multitasking a lot here uh cheryl couldn't be here but i did invite uh uh another co-host alexa are you still here alexa are you here she's there. yes oh, no. i'm here. here i listen once i hear the wake word okay well just stay there <laughs> i'm gonna have alexa pick a song out later on so she'll, she'll play she'll play a christmas song for us how about that uh, coming up this hour, we're going to start in just a moment or two with our gospel reading for this uh, uh, Sunday, the second Sunday of Advent. Father Jim Grogan is here to give his reflection on the reading. And then uh, later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Sheila McGurl, and she is uh, from the Miraculous Metal Shrine over in Philadelphia. There's a concert coming up uh, next week. The New York Tenors will be giving a concert, um, a Christmas concert, at the Shrine. Uh, to help uh, raise some funds for for the uh, good work being done over there. So Sheila will tell us all about that. So do stay with me. Um, I'll play some Christmas music. Uh, I have a a few selections here queued up already, and as I said, I'm going to have Alexa pick out a song later on. We need to hear that. (laughs) Uh, But first we'll start with our gospel reading for this coming Sunday, the second Sunday in Advent. John the Baptist, I'm sorry, the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared preaching in the desert of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. 
When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from those stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chafe he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Such boldness, the audacity, these seem like good words that might easily apply to Jesus' testimony in our Gospel today from St. Luke. Jesus comes into the synagogue as any other young adult Jewish man. The villagers of Nazareth know him. He is the carpenter who makes tables and chairs, who frames out the doorways of new homes, who fits large wooden beams and heavy stones into the structures of their homes. Jesus is the boy next door or from down the street, the grown-up son of their neighbors, Mary and Joseph. The gospel begins in a way that elders and neighbors alike would find familiar. It is simply Jesus' turn, so to speak, to read in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He reads from the prophet Isaiah, who wrote about a jubilee year where debts are forgiven. Isaiah proclaims that he has come to set free the captives, to announce glad tidings, to give sight to the blind. Jesus proclaims anew what Isaiah had proclaimed more than 500 years earlier, but then he changes everything. Jesus adds to his proclamation, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Cue the silence or the thunderclap in the synagogue. Jesus announces his mission as the fulfillment of the Old Covenant from Isaiah. But what does he really announce to the people of Nazareth? What does he announce to us today? Jesus doesn't randomly read a section, but he unrolls the scroll and finds that specific passage in Isaiah that we today refer to as chapter 61, as he declares that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, and he proclaims forgiveness to all those listening. Forgiveness of debts, the wonderful blessing of a Jewish jubilee year, would be remarkable in itself. But Jesus does more when he sits down, a signal that he is teaching. And his words evoke amazement in his listeners, his neighbors. Next week, we will hear in the gospel that initially his neighbors are impressed with his proclamation and teaching, but then in fear find reasons to reject him, to dismiss his authority because they know him as the local carpenter. 
you and I, we already know Jesus, don't we? We know that he has told us to love our neighbor, to love our enemies, and to love God. In his command to love, Jesus also invites us to enter into his forgiveness and to extend that forgiveness to others. We cannot love without forgiving, and we cannot authentically forgive without loving. To love and to forgive are not optional for disciples of Jesus, but are obligations we are called to each day. The Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith, has two powerful moments in which we pray for both forgiveness and to participate in the love of God. As we begin our liturgy, we cry out, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. With that plea, we dare to ask the favor of the Lord, that same gracious mercy described in the Jubilee year, recalled by Jesus in this gospel. We ask to be set free from our sin, from the weakness that holds us captive and remote from enjoying the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. As we begin the communion rite, we pray, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul will be healed. This beautiful testimony of the centurion captured in St. Matthew's Gospel is more than just a cry to be forgiven before receiving Holy Communion. But in that promised grace of God's action in our lives, we are extending the invitation to him, to Jesus, to enter into our homes, to take his place under our roof. The freedom from sin and invitation to love we encounter in Jesus' ministry becomes a reality for us only when we forgive others first and open our hearts to the love of God. God loves us first and forgives us often. May we do our very best to mirror his action in our lives, to relieve any burden we hold over others, and to open our homes and lives to his love.
Okay. Well, <laughs> I promised you a little Christmas. There you go. Um, so, all right. So where are we going from here? I have no idea. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. I wasn't even watching. Uh, coming up a little bit, we're going to be joined by Sheila McGurl, and she is uh, from the Miraculous Metal Shrine. Uh, she's the Senior Director of Institutional Advancement at the Shrine, and she's going to talk about a event coming up next week at the Shrine in Philadelphia, a uh, Christmas concert by the New York Tenors that will help to raise funds and awareness for the Miraculous Metal Shrine. So she will be with us in just a little bit. Um, let's see. Oh, coming up after this program at 6 o'clock, we have uh, George Rose, and sitting in for Bill Maher today is uh, Jez Ford. And uh, with Brothers in Arms, they will be joined by their guest, um, um, Coach McKenna from over here at Notre Dame High School. So they'll be here. And then at 7 o'clock, we will have the vocations hour with uh, Father Steve DeLacy. Uh, don't forget now, you know, starting on uh, last week, we began another new program here on Domestic Church Media. Uh, Sundays at 11 and Mondays at 4 Talking Catholic with Mike Walsh, who's the Director of Communications for the Diocese of Camden, and he has a rotating crew of uh, lovely co-hosts who join him this week. Again, he'll be joined by Carrie Janice, uh, and that program will air Monday, uh, I'm sorry, first Sunday at 11 a.m., and then Monday at 4 p.m., and uh, trying to do a lot uh, here at the same time, so please bear with me. (laughs) Uh, Alexa, are you still here? Yes. Okay. I'm here. All right. I listen once I hear the wake word. I know. I know you do. Um, so I'm going to have Alexa play a song. How about that? Watch, watch how this works. Alexa, play Joy to the World by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Here's Joy to the World by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir.
Well, there you go. That was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> Thank you, Alexa, uh, with uh, Joy to the World. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, I'll be joined by Sheila McGurl, uh, who'll be talking about the Christmas concert coming up in Philadelphia next week by the New York Tenors to help benefit the Miraculous Metal Shrine over there in Philadelphia. Um, so, uh, in case you're just joining me, it's uh, just me today. Cheryl is not well. She has that horrible, horrible cough and congestion, lost her voice. And I had a cold last week after Thanksgiving for about seven days. Well, it was just a normal head cold, but she she got the whole kit and caboodle there. So uh, obviously she's not expected to be here. And I told her to stay home and just take care of herself. And I'll I'll bring her home something to eat, like a pizza. <laughs> Make her feel better. Feed a cold. You know, I always say feed a cold, starve a fever. So uh, anyway, God willing, she'll be back here with me next Friday. Um, and you know, I, I, you know, have Alexa here with me in the studio, the, uh, the Amazon echo device, but you know, my friends, you can listen to domestic church media on your Amazon echo devices, also on your Google home devices. All you have to do is on Amazon, enable the skill, the domestic church media skill, you enable that. And then this is going to sound weird, but if I, then you say, uh, uh, Alexa play domestic church media. Listen. You're listening to Domestic Church that? Media. This is right off the Alexa thing. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope. The skill, the Domestic Church Media skill, you enable that. And so see what it does? It's a little bit delayed there, but it'll just play it right on your right on your device. So no matter where you are in the world, if you, if you have one of these devices with you and Wi-Fi connection, you can listen to Domestic Church Media. Uh, also, don't forget, you know, I, I, I keep plugging our um, free mobile app, and it is free to you. You know, you, you can download it. It has so much on there, we can add to it all the time. But not only is it our uh, audio on there, but also you can go to our YouTube page, watch the video. In fact, if you you know if you have uh, uh, your app uh, loaded on your phone or your tablet, you can watch the program uh, that we do when we do them live uh, in video format as well. Um, but it also has the daily mass readings. It has the catechism, the, the Bible. It has the Liturgy of the Hours. It has uh, the, the National Catholic Register, our Sunday Visitor. It has the Monitor. It has the Camden uh, Diocesan newspaper on there. So it's all on there. It's a great resource. I know for me, I always have uh, you know multiple apps for all those different things. I have an app for uh, Liturgy of the Hours. I have a, a separate app for the, our Sunday Visitor, a separate app for a uh, Catholic news agency, a separate app for all the you know, uh, daily mass readings, um, church times, but they're all now all on our app. So all you have to do is download our app one time and everything is on there. It includes everything. So I highly encourage you to go to your app store and search for domestic church media and then download the domestic church media app so that um, you can uh, have all that available to you at your fingertips, all, all those resources. You know, we have to really do the best we can. And one thing we're, we're, you know, we're coming to the end of another year together and we thank God for you, my friends, and all that you do for us uh, throughout the year. Thank you for your continuing generosity. You know, we have set uh, a goal, a fundraising goal this month of December. December is always our, obviously our best fundraising month, aside from the Radiothon, because that's the big one. But uh, as far as months go, this is the best month every year because people are generous. People are in a giving mood and, uh, uh, we appreciate that, and there are some people who have to just because they're being advised financially to donate to charitable organizations, and we become the recipient of some of that. So we thank you. 
Uh, I ask you, please, if you've not yet made an end-of-year donation uh, to your favorite charitable organization, that you would consider making us a recipient of that donation, because uh, we have all this to do, and there's so much more to do. You know, starting in, in uh, um, we just, again, began bringing you the program produced by the Diocese of Camden, Talking Catholic. Uh, starting in January, we're going to have another local program uh, featuring Father Jason Perzinski and uh, Coach McKenna uh, that's going to air weekly. Um, and I'm really, I'm really trying to focus on getting more local programming. EWTN programming is marvelous and wonderful, and they don't charge us for that at all. But, uh, you know, you don't need us for EWTN anymore. You can get EWTN any way you want. You don't need us for them. Uh, we're still an honored affiliate, and uh, I always will be. There'll always be, uh, I know Mother Angelica personally set me on this mission, and so I will remain on this mission until the Lord calls me home uh, because of Mother's um, commission to me. But it is important for us to have local programming featuring local uh, hosts, like you'll hear at 6 uh, o'clock, Bill, uh, well, Bill isn't there today, George Rose is hosting, and his uh, guest co-host is Jez Ford. They'll be on at 6 o'clock with Coach McKenna. Uh, and then Father Steve DeLacy from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, who's the vocations director, will be on at 7 o'clock. Of course, the bishop was just here. Bruce DeBacco comes in twice a month to do his program. Uh, of course, Cheryl now doing her music program again. We're here. I'm here with you in the afternoons. Um, it's important for us to have these local programs. And in order for us to do these things, uh, for to grow, you know, as I said, I'm sitting here by myself in the studio and I have all this equipment. <laughs> I feel like uh, one pilot flying, a, you know, a 747 because there's so much to do and uh, not all the hands all the time ready to do it. So uh, just want you to pray for us and help us, uh, uh, again, increase our our sustenance so that we can continue to grow and, and, and do more for you. It's important, especially these days, you know, we have to give our church a voice in the media. And now with all this technology available to us, whether it be the streaming audio, the mobile apps, the Facebook, YouTube, uh, um, the Amazon and Google Home speaker devices, we're on all those platforms. And as new platforms come out, we want to be there too. Uh, We want to keep bringing you more and more, Uh, but we do need you. So if you've not had a chance yet to uh, respond to our uh, fundraising plea. I, I'll ask you please to prayerfully consider doing that. Um, we are trying to raise at least $75,000 this month. Uh, and I'm told by our bookkeeper and those who advise me financially here at the Apostolate from our board of directors uh, that that amount would be a good amount uh, because it, uh, to shoot for because it'll enable us to kind of end the year breaking even not losing any money, but breaking even, and not making any money either, just breaking even, and then entering into the new year to cover the shortfalls that normally occur in January, February, and March because of uh, that time of year. So you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, make an online donation using your debit or credit card. You can, uh, um, um, actually, you can do, if you have the app, you can donate right on the app. It's right there. You can go to our donation page right on your app. Or you can write to me here at Domestic Church Media, and our address is P.O. Box 7509. That's P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. Again, it's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton 08628. 
So again, my friends, I invite you please to help us in any way you can. We would certainly, certainly appreciate it. Let me take a break. I'm going to uh, get uh, Sheila McGriff on the line, and she'll tell us all about this special concert that's taking place next week at the Miraculous Metal Shrine by the New York Tenors. So, my friends, you stay where you are. There is more to come on Friday Live. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn king Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the new The world in solemn 
That was Christmas with the Jersey Baritone. But we're going to talk about uh, Christmas with the New York Tenors coming up a special concert next week at the uh, National Shrine of the Miraculous Medal. And joining us now is Sheila McGurl. She's a senior director of institutional advancement at the Central Association of the Miraculous Medal. And uh, Sheila, we want to welcome you to the program. Happy to have you. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be back, Jim. Great to have you. And maybe <laughs> for those for those who, who aren't familiar, because we're, we're, we're so close here in, in the Trenton area, of course, our broadcasts go down all the way down to Cape May and up to Hunterdon County. But tell us uh, about a little bit, just a, real quick, about the shrine itself, where it's located, and, and um, how people can uh, come and, and visit. Absolutely. So our shrine is located in Germantown section of Philadelphia, and we are we were founded and we are run by the Vincentians of the Eastern Province, who have been in Philadelphia for 170 years. Our miraculous metal shrine has actually been in place since 1927. It was uh, part of a renovation to the Immaculate Conception Chapel in Germantown in Philadelphia. And uh, our founder of the Central Association of the Miraculous Metal, Father Skelly, actually actually built that shrine um, as a thank you to Mary for all of her blessings. But we're open seven days a week, um, and we invite... Uh, people from all over the world come and visit us. So we invite your listeners to please come and visit us, take a tour. We have exciting things happening at the Miraculous Metal Shrine, Jim. Oh, well, I know one exciting thing happening uh, next week, December 11th, that's Wednesday, is Christmas with the New York Tenors. Uh, yes. Tell us about that and how uh, our listeners can uh, come and participate. Sure. So um, the New York Tenors are three gentlemen, uh, Catholic gentlemen, from the New York City area, but they they perform all over the world. They're outstanding. Um, the makeup of the tenors is Andy Cooney. He's the Irish tenor. Christopher Macchio, he's the Italian tenor. Mm-hmm. And we have Daniel Rodriguez, who your listeners might be aware of. He inspired us during 9-11. He was the uh, New York City Police Department tenor who was designated to sing the national anthem for the police department. Mm-hmm. And then his career uh, just came around about, and uh, he joined the New York Tenors, and they're 
um, entertaining audiences all over the world. Our concert will be Wednesday, December 11th. Um, if the listeners would like some ticket information, they can visit our website, miraculousmetal.org. And our uh, director of events will be available by telephone. Her name is Colleen Buckley. And the telephone number is 215-532-5783. And I'm telling you, there are, people are in for a treat with these New York tenors. Mm-hmm. And it's a Christmas concert, which is good because it's uh, that time of year. And people look to get into the spirit of the season. And this will be a great way to do that. Uh, is it Absolutely. actually it's at the shrine itself? In the shrine itself? The, the... Yes, it's going to be, acoustically, it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're, we're featuring them and the um, New York City Pops Orchestra with them um, in, the, in the actual shrine of the Mirac- Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. So it should make for a beautiful evening. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be featuring, it's a kickoff to Christmas, um, you know, in a celebration of Advent. Uh, we thought it would be a great opportunity to, um, as we reaffirm, our yes to God uh, during Advent, we also reaffirm our Mother Mary's yes, and so we thought it would be a wonderful celebration. And along with the Christmas songs, they'll also do some of the things they're famous for. Mm -hmm. Andy Cooney is um, famous for his rendition of the Holy City. Mm -hmm. Christopher Macchio does a rendition gym of Puccini's Nessendorma like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. And Danny Rodriguez, uh, my favorite of his is the Lord's Prayer. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. It it should be a beautiful evening. That is great. And, And the proceeds go to help the shrine? Yes, to help our mission of the shrine to to, to uh, promote the Blessed Mother, share devotion to Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. And I mentioned the Vincentians. You know, we're, um, we're part of the Vincentian mission, and uh, you may be aware the Vincentians are dedicated to service to the poor. Our Vincentians of the Eastern Province, who we are a ministry of, serve up and down the east coast of the United States, including and Panama, and uh, their services to the poor and marginalized um, is supported uh, through our mission at CAM. Mm-hmm. So it, it's for an excellent cause. It will make a beautiful evening of entertainment and a great way to kick off the Christmas season. That's great. So tell our listeners again, uh, Sheila, how they can find out more about it. Sure. Uh, they can reach out to the Miraculous, it's, excuse me, miraculousmetal.org is our website. And our director of events, Colleen Buckley, will be available to answer any questions. And her not- line is 215 215- Five three two five seven eight three. Okay, wonderful. Well, Sheila, we appreciate uh, you being with us today. We're talking with Sheila McGurl, and she's the senior director of institutional advancement at the Central Association of the Miraculous Medal. And uh, this is something that, friends, uh, we certainly encourage you to do. So um, get into the spirit and a beautiful concert in store for you on on December eleventh over at the Shrine. So thank you, Sheila. We appreciate thank that. Thank you, Jim. God bless you. Thank you. Have a ha- God bless happy your ministry Advent. and Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too. All right, friends, you stay where you are. There's more to come on Friday Live. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains in reply Echoing their joyous strains
Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? It's been a long. All right, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you know, I'm not used to using CD players. You imagine that I'm using a CD player. Everything we've done in the past few years has always been just right off the phone or off the uh, off the uh, tablet or something. I'm using CDs today, like the old days. And the actually the old days we used to use uh, cassette tapes and uh, a track. But uh, you know, when I was learning when I was learning the radio business way back in the mid 1970s up at Seton Hall University. It was it, compared to what we have today, so primitive. You know, like when we, all the audio files we have here, when I'm, I'm putting together Christmas sets, you know, the music you hear uh, during the, our Christmas uh, music uh, sets, uh, that's all just all digital. It's all on the computer, and I, I, I you know, I cut and paste uh, on on the computer. But when I was learning the radio business back in 1973, 74, 75, up at Seton Hall, everything was on reel-to-reel tape. Audio tape and and to make edits, you used to have to actually use a razor blade. I'm not kidding. Use a razor blade and cut the tape where you wanted to make the edit, and then splice it together. <laughs> oh, so primitive! Now it's just zip, 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 right on the computer. So, but using using uh, CDs like I'm doing here for music is 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 a uh, is a novel thing, novelty, novelty. So uh, that was actually Cheryl and me, um, uh, angels we have heard on high. Uh, what we used to do when the kids were little. We would, you know, every year record two or three Christmas songs. I had some equipment at home. We'd, you know, put it together. And, and I have maybe about 13 or 14 Christmas songs now compiled on a single CD. Uh, that was one of them. And it was all multi-track. So, you know, all those beautiful uh, angelic voices you heard in the background were all Cheryl. And uh, so we used to have a lot of fun doing that. We should probably get back into doing more of that now that we're... The nest is empty, and we don't have a lot more time, but uh, <laughs> actually we have less time now, I think, than we had when we were uh, first married and raising the children. But anyway, so let's. speaking of CDs, I'll go back to a CD, and um, when you think of Christmas, 
and you think of uh, the old days, you know, when we were growing up and the, the Christmas specials, we couldn't wait to see the, you know, who had the Christmas specials on TV each year. One person who had one on every year and uh, always very good, uh, Bing Crosby. So let me play you something now. I think I have Bing Crosby queued up. <laughs> I hope I do with that kind of introduction. But here's Bing Crosby with uh, some Christmas. Bing Crosby. A younger Bing Crosby, though, I think, probably a little earlier in his career. <laughs> well, you know, this uh, this time of year, my friends, is a time for music, for, for, for rejoicing in, in song. Uh, no other season has more music written for it than, I think, the Christmas season. Um, but, of course, we remember that it's all about the Lord. It's all about the birth of Christ. It's all about celebrating 
the incarnation, that the, the Savior came into this world to save us from sin and death. And, uh, you know, when you think about all the music over the course of the past 2,000 years that has been written about this event, and it's just a magnificent time of year to celebrate him because we rejoice that, that Jesus has come. He came into the world. He conquered sin and death. He saves us from our sins. He saves us from death. And uh, we, we sing about that and we rejoice about that. So uh, we're going to be doing more Christmas music for you uh, in the upcoming weeks. Not a lot of time left, though, before Christmas, right? It's, <laughs> here we are already the 6th of December. I think it's, it's, it's kind of sneaking up on us because Thanksgiving was so late this year. But as we've done in the past, uh, we will be playing for you Christmas music and uh, throughout the season of Advent and especially Christmas uh, week, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We're going to do all Christmas music with the exception of those times when we bring you the liturgies from uh, Rome, from EWTN, and also the Holy Father's Urbi et Orbi message. But other than that, it's going to be all music. And then as we do traditionally uh, every year, and people seem to really appreciate the fact that we do this, uh, we play our Christmas music um, throughout Christmas week. You know, all the other stations, uh, the radio stations that are playing Christmas music that may have started in the middle or beginning of November, uh, Christmas night around 10 o'clock, they stop playing it. That's it. They go back to their old music fair. Um, we're just getting started because every day within the octave of Christmas is a Christmas day, and we want to celebrate it as such. So please make our stations, our media, a part of your Christmas celebration, especially Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, uh, and throughout Christmas week as we celebrate. We take off here for the week. It's, you know, we, we shut down because uh, I want it to be just like it was when I was growing up. You know, when I was growing up, the days between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, my father was home from work. People were visiting. Family was Families were gathering, celebrating every day as we should because every day is a Christmas day. So we'll get to that. But starting tomorrow, we'll have a little bit more music for you, uh, Christmas music for you. And, and then as we enter into the next weeks, we'll be adding to that. Now, uh, I'm going to uh, leave you shortly, but I'm going to leave you with something that Cheryl and I recorded, I see on the on the CD here, back in 1996, so <laughs> 23 years ago. Uh, probably one of the first things we ever recorded um, together, but it's the beautiful Panis Angelicus, and uh, let's remember that Jesus is the bread of life, and that the bread of life came into the world, in, uh, born in a town that is, translates, Bethlehem translates, house of bread, and he was placed in an animal's feed trough, the bread of life being placed in an animal's feed trough, came to feed us, came to give us life, to bring us life, and he told us, unless we eat his flesh or drink and drink his blood, we can have no life within us. So this beautiful hymn, uh, the Panis Angelicus, Bread of Angels, uh, Cheryl and I recorded uh, about 23 years ago. This is the recording. I think actually, believe it or not, this is probably was originally recorded on cassette tape <laughs> before we had any kind of digital equipment uh, to work with. But I remember, you'll hear the, the hymn when we sing it, but I remember we did this at uh, um, one of our conferences and Jeanette Williams was there and we had dinner with her afterwards, and she 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 was reflecting on the hymn and the way we uh, did it, sang it, and that Cheryl kind of comes in and echoes and follows me into the into the hymn. You'll hear it, and she she said that that was a beautiful witness to to married life and husband and wife, and so we were very honored and humbled by that. 
but again, the, the hymn is the Panis Angelicus. Uh, I'll be leaving you. Be back, uh, God willing, on Tuesday with Come to Me. Let's say some prayers for Cheryl. She's really not feeling well, wishes she could be here, um, but she will be here, hopefully, God willing, next uh, Friday. So again, my friends, we're going to leave you with this song, this hymn. God bless you. <laughs>